Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Varney Hey, baby, that's me, Mike Andiglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. I just went to YouTube to pull up our video for the comments. We didn't do one last week. And surprisingly, all of the comments were much more kind. Just kidding. There were no comments. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, Keith Arney, and my old buddy Mike, that's uh, Mike and Deglio. We discussed David e. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to season eight, episode two, The Chosen. Thank you for choosing to waste your time listening to us talk about this show. Uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. I want everyone listening to know that after the 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 difficult wrought decision to not do a video podcast that Keith and I spent the first half hour today doing video stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We, we did. Well, we have some exciting stuff coming up and we are, uh, slowly but surely upping our game. Uh, it only took three years. It only took, well, look, we have been slowly but surely upping our game the whole time. We just started really bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. It was like, it's like the giants. It's like the Giants. We started bad and we ended bad because we're consistent. Uh, yeah, we just put no. more money into the bad. We just put more money into the bad. Yeah. Well, it's it's really more sort of our 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 ingenuity. Most of our work comes out of ingenuity more than money. You see, Keith and I, as you may have figured out by now, st- spent our time studying intangibles like performing arts right when it comes <laughs> right, to opera. actual technical skill we've made careers no joke out of faking it legit absolutely <laughs> yes no we have a hundred percent our entire uh careers we have fed ourselves on uh figuring Bullshit. it out <laughs> yeah fake it till you make it being willing to to uh just figure it out so we're like the is, tinder uh, swindler but girls don't like us <laughs> we are the right. I ha- I haven't seen that yet, but I, I Jillian watched it. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, look, we are recording this on February twenty seventh, twenty twenty two, and last week uh, I sort of made a flippant comment about World War Three starting before we recorded this next episode, uh, and uh, it it certainly has. If you're listening to this in five years. Uh, and you you don't know this, we are in the middle of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, um, which is, uh, you know, pretty monstrous. And uh, it has been remarkably um, inspiring to watch uh, the people of Ukraine um, fight and battle 
through this. It really is, um, you know, it's humbling. It's humbling to watch real life intrude and um, these incredibly brave and strong people um, going up against absolute insanity mm-hmm. and uh, injustice and at the risk of being flippant again um, and with the understanding that look, this is a very fluid situation and we know um, what the what Putin would like to do with his end game um, and particularly as it relates to the administration of Ukraine um, and President Zelensky and his folks. Um, one of the things that I, I have been marveling, and I don't think I'm alone, is uh, the courage of President Zelensky. Um, this guy came, he was an actor and a comedian. He was like, they're Jon Stewart. And all of a sudden, he's he's here. He hasn't left. He's broadcasting. By the time you hear this, you know, uh, he who knows? Who knows? And he he knows that he is risking his his life um, on an hourly basis. And uh, we certainly hope that uh, he continues to be uh, with us and and battling as courageously as he is. Um, and so with the knowledge that this may have ended badly, even by the time you hear this, um, I would just like to point out that Zelensky is exactly who Putin wishes he were. Zelensky being a utter badass, utter brave, courageous leader in the face of war. Uh, Putin with his little man's disease is getting spanked by a, a, a smaller statured fellow with a big giant. I got a very big dick. So, uh, hoping that ages well, but I just wanted to, I felt like the, uh, it is the appropriate, uh, response that, uh, good God, the set of balls on that guy. Yeah. uh, It's really, it's, listen, Keith and I have said this many times that we don't need the disclaimer, but obviously we do a very, in the grand scheme of things, podcast about nothing. Uh, but we're also kind of time cap, time capsuling a a very interesting few years, you know, We've been through a lot. Uh, so in no way can you boil down the intense geopolitical uh, calculations into uh, uh, encapsulated in a, 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 a catch up here at the top of a podcast. But I will say, yeah. watching the American political system attempt to black and white it is really uh, infuriating because you've got clearly the twitterverse the all, all millions of people who have absolutely no fucking idea what they're talking about just arguing to death about it and it is and you know and the thing that that struck me with and I didn't I can't believe that I re- wasn't making these connections immediately right uh do you rem- anybody remember what Trump was impeached for the first time he was impeached a very it was oh. a very good call basically uh uh, he was extorting Zelensky <laughs> Send me for Biden dirt stuff. on Hillary Clinton. And ex- the, the way he was extorting him was saying, I'm not going to give you the military support you need to protect yourself from Russia. And now it has all come to pass. It's Well, it's it, interesting, it's, you know, it's just this crazy morning thing. It's there, take, the, yeah. you know, the Ukrainians agreed to this uh, these talks, let's say. Yeah. yeah. And 
I think it's pretty clear that Putin did not expect this type of resistance. He really no, expected he certainly to just did not. blitzkrieg and roll in, right? And so he's got to make some geopolit. He's out on a limb. I mean, he's basically, they basically, we're neutering them financially. Yes. Will the rich, richie, richies stay rich, richie? Yeah. But that's not the point. The point a is- A lot less rich, richie. Is image here, right? And uh, yeah. it, it, I hate that it's, I hate to say that it is really interesting political theater uh, because it's on a global scale and the and the ramifications for the West are, there are ramifications for the West. Just because we are not currently being in uh, sending troops, let's say, boots on the ground, yeah. does not mean that we don't have interest in this. Well, in yeah, I mean, the answer to why you should care as an American, we could go on for another three yeah. hours. Uh, but, you know... Uh, and also, you know, you got to read all the stuff where like, oh, Americans done just the bad, America's bad too, America's bad too. It was like, yeah, 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 we get all that. But right now, can we just, I'm talking about the people in bomb shelters, having babies in subway stations, people who didn't ask for this bullshit, who are now embroiled in this bullshit. Yeah. Is that's where our hearts are, and hearts and. Yeah, no, 100%. And dare I say thoughts and prayers, Keith. And money. In fact, in our show notes, I'll make sure there's a link to a. Uh, be it the I'll find a charity or a way to yeah. a way that you can help financially should you choose to do so rather yeah, than no, donate for sure. to our podcast. No, and we 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 certainly stand with the people of Ukraine who have done absolutely nothing <laughs> to deserve uh what is happening to them and are are incredibly courageous and inspiring. Frankly just inspiring. So Now Keith. Yes. In what will be the most delicate Smooth. Mm. Are you, you going to transition us in an elegant, professional way from the humanitarian geopolitical crisis mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to what you promised me was really exciting cat content? I need you to really ah. thread that needle for me. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I mean, as as elegant a transition as we have ever had. Let us do some. We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We failed! It's time to give the world what it wants. Meow, meow! Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow. Keith, speaking of Putin being a pussy. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so, uh... Last week, I went on a monologue um, assassinating the character of my beloved cat uh, and mascot yeah. for Out of Practice, Charlie. He let us know uh, on the Twitter. He had thoughts, Keith. He had thoughts. He had thoughts. And he, he muted I, you, though, so. I, I, I'm, no doubt. No doubt. He has never listened to a word I've ever said in my entire life. Uh, but uh, so... We have dis we had discovered that uh, there was some evidence that perhaps we had some mice down here in the basement, and uh, I was saying, uh, "Hey, that that little guy, he's he's a lover. He's not a fighter. Uh, he apparently doesn't care at all that there uh, might be a, a mouse or two running around down here." And so I ordered a, a couple of humane mouse traps, uh, mm. which showed up. And uh, which which we've done, but you know they're, they're live catch. You take them out, you move them to the wood. We we did it in, do they work? in Queens all the time. They they do they they do for a while until the mice get wise. 
Um, and when we were in uh, in Queens, the the mice got wise really fast. So, um, but so uh, cut two. Last night, I'm there. I'm there watching the news, and I hear a, a some like a sort of a leap and some crinkling in the basement. And uh, guess what, folks? Check it out. Uh, Charlie. Wow, Charlie. Charlie brought me proudly, as he should be. Gross. He proudly brought me a dead mouse and uh, presented it to me proudly. Uh, well, you as emasculated well. him. He needed. Uh, it's a shame he felt the need that he had to prove himself, but but. Uh, I'm, but he I did am nonetheless. So I'm so proud of him. He uh, he he took care of that. The the happily the mouse didn't appear to suffer. It was it was pounce and goodbye in maybe three seconds. Um, so I was very I was, I was very proud of him. I he didn't necessarily need to bring a uh, a dead bleeding mouse onto my white carpet, but you know what? That's uh, the price you pay. Uh, so congratulations. To uh, to Charlie, with his uh, first mouse kill in the basement. Uh, wow! Good. I thought guy. for sure that you were going to tell me you got a, a dog that Charlie got along with, but that's that's not that's not that. No 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 we're 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 not there we're, we 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 have no announcements to make on that topic, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, very proud of Charlie for his. His ferocious kill, and now, now that he knows that, like, that there there could be a mouse down here. This morning, he sat like right in front of where he first caught the other one, and has been sitting there staring at me, saying the mouse dispenser's broken. Mm. So, yeah. uh, uh, but I he, uh, I get it. Yeah, he's he's a changed man. He walks a little taller now. So, that's uh, that's been fun. So that is hot cat content. Uh, so let us, ooh, CPU overloaded. My CV, my CPU is overloaded or your CPU is overloaded? Uh, no, we're still recording good, so it's oh, gotta be okay. your CPU. But yours, yeah. you sound good, buddy. It doesn't matter, because get, I'm getting your feed still. It just means, uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Welcome all to good. the joys of OBS, buddy. The Everybody calm down. back and forth, yeah. Everybody calm down. So, uh, anyway, let us. That is a scary message. Forward. I don't care what you're doing. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little fire icon. What the hell is that? <laughs> Do you smell toast? No, your wife isn't making you brunch. Your computer is slowly dying. No, I, I don't like that one bit. <laughs> Speaking of brunch, man, wouldn't it be great if I got a bagel with some butter on it? <laughs> are you are you just like sending orders out into the ether? No, it's just I would back never now, do yeah? that. She worked a double yesterday. I would never ask her for anything. Hey, honey. You should be bringing her the bagel, sir. <laughs> I make dinner, man. You picked yeah, up well, but did you work a double yesterday, or did you sit in your underwear and play video games? God damn, you know me. <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that one hit a little close to home, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this works. Um, oh my goodness! All right, well, folks. Uh, if you would like to contact us here, nobody's contacting us podcast. anymore. We took well, away well, now that we don't, Phoenix we don't one have method. the YouTube video. So yeah, so uh, Mike, how would how would they do that, folks? We still got snail ma- email. Uh, it's 
out of practice podcast is that the one we're doing today yes out of practice podcast at gmail.com we would like an email there it would be nice to hear from you if you'd like to talk to us if you'd like to talk about the practice what do you think of james spader let's hear about it hey we used to do a thing called back in time true crime and then we stopped doing it but then one of you started doing it for us we could do that again uh whatever yeah, you want to do uh just send us an email we're two lonely men uh looking for things to panic about uh Been- you can also check us out on Instagram. Keith has like he's reemerged on the Instagram at I do that regularly. <laughs> you look back there. You will see that almost every week there's something up there. Come Thank for the you. practice, stay for two men arguing like a married couple. At <laughs> Out of Practice Podcast. We look forward to enjoying you this final season and beyond. Also, you know, we still have a YouTube presence. KME Entertainment. There's going to be stuff there. We probably will branch off to new channels. To be honest, I don't know how you're going to follow us, but you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're there. We're doing stuff. Uh, all right. So let us hop back into the time machine and talk about the day that this show aired. And that is October 5th, the year 2003. And uh, brings us to our eternal question, Mike. What were you doing? This day in the basement. Uh, Keith, this is going to be a favorite little run in this season because I'm still in Rochester doing a long run of Forever Plaid, being financially taken advantage of by an abusive theater owner, and learning the ropes of how to uh, do this thing. Uh, Lots of fun stories. I can't wait to share some of them with you. Uh, One of them being... One of my favorite theater stories of all time happened uh, early in the run. October is about right. Um, so Forever Plaid, it should be interested, Keith. Uh, it should be said, uh, no, not, barely is there a time for any of the performers to leave the stage. Right. Uh, there are certain times when you go off briefly, maybe catch a gl- glass of water, but for the majority, for 99.9% of the show, everyone is on stage. If you're not singing, you're always singing. There's no real solos to be on, to, to speak of. Um, however, uh, we, and it's really, the pit exists of two people, a piano player and a standing ba- stand-up bass player, and uh, one day before the show, our bass player had uh, brought some peaches. Uh, his wife had grown them, and uh, he brought some, some peaches in. Now, I cannot eat before I sing. I just, I don't know if it's anxiety or what it is. Some people can. I can't. I'm just... I don't I, I I don't I basically fast before I perform. And so I did not enjoy I would excite I was excited for the peaches afterwards, Keith. For sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I didn't have any. Now, another member of the cast, uh this guy Eric, a good good dude, uh, he was ferociously hungry and he just like gobbled those peaches up. And that's important to the story later. So later in the show excited about this. We are uh singing I think it's uh might have been cry for me, which or not what what's it called? Cry. Cry, cry. Yeah. Uh where Jinx has this big solo, this big moment. We're just singing like doo-wop backups oh, I know it well. in the background. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Anyway, Eric gives me this face. And it just it just a, was a face of like grimace and pain and and panic. And he just leaves stage. He, he just like <laughs> I hope he, he wasn't playing Jinx. He no no no. He was smud, uh, sparky at the time. And he just like goes away. And uh, uh-huh. we're kind of, kind of like thinking about what's the next tune and how do we cover for him? Because he's supposed mm-hmm. to really like go up and give Jinx like a big like hug and like check his nose out. He has like bits with the guy afterwards because they're brothers. And 
long story short, he he makes it back for the for the end of the 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 thing, but like mm-hmm. the rest of the show, he's he's kind of like trying to give us signals. He's like, and we have to do the big uh, Ed Sullivan thing later, and he's like, don't go over the, like there's some some Michigas happened. <laughs> anyway, long story short, because because this podcast is a lot too long anyway. Uh, the peaches did not sit well with him, and he. Ended I imagine up, they he, did not. He no. tried to not leave stage, and uh, what he was trying to express to us is that he crapped himself, um, <laughs> which wasn't bad enough, but that he left <laughs> trails of no! liquid crap <laughs> no! in places where we were going to have to go, and not only. Uh, oh my god! Not only don't step on it, but. This is the best part of the story, in my opinion. We were doing the fire bit at the at the end of the Ed Sullivan thing. You you breathe fire. Uh, well, Smudge breathes fire, but we he was doing it old school. He had rye in a little glass jar and like a lighter. Like he was doing it, and so there was like, um, let's just call it manure next to all of the like fire stuff where the oh it was a hot mess. So. God. At one of the uh, a little bit later in the show, I finally say to him, as we're on stage in character, but we're like not we're on lines at the time. I give him like a "What's up?" and he just goes like in a smile face. He's just going, "I shit myself." At which point, I saw it all. It all became clear, and then for the rest <laughs> of the show, I could not keep my shit together. Just laughing, laughing. Neither laughing. could he. That's a good point. So anyway, this is story one of many stories I have to tell that oh I've never God. got to tell about this period of my life uh, where one thing I hadn't learned yet, Keith, was professionalism. Mm. And you will hear that in the stories that will come. Uh, oh, I, oh, I remember. We, we, we did a show like six oh, months true. later. That's true. That's very uh, true. Um, oh, wow. my God. My favorite Titanic story is, well, not favorite. One of my favorites is Brian Murphy instituting. Do you, were you part of this where he was like, yo, at the end, let's just like pop riff everything. So he would just, at that farewell Titanic tune, he would just pop riff everything. I... I I was I was a professional, sir. Mm-hmm. I Your costume detailed nothing. it, yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, to be fair, I do have some stuff. I, I did do some more subtle versions of it, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, wow, anyway, that so is that's, an that's, amazing... That was how things started out in Rochester with a nice shitting. And, uh, they, I mean, they... I w- when doing that very show, uh, it's not nearly as exciting as shitting myself, but... Uh, and again, you don't ever leave the stage. There's no opportunity to like fix anything. And uh, you know, this I, I did a very low budget production uh, similar to you. And so uh, to begin the run, I don't know where they got our tuxes or our costumes, but those things were like from the 40s. Like yeah. these were. And so uh, you know, I go out there in the first scene and do my first choreography and just blow my pants out like crotch <laughs> just like delete deleted my crotch completely and realized i have about 90 minutes on stage with there aren't even there, there's, there's no second pair of pants to even have if i could get off stage which i can't so uh jinx the entire uh rest of the run had to be very ladylike and hold my legs together uh oh didn't you didn't get new a, pants there's no new pants. There wasn't even new mm. pants in the building, let alone a chance to go change them. Mm. So I'm literally like holding my knees together, adapting all of the choreography. Like, here's the choreography with Jinx's knees together over and over. And it was, uh, 
it was really something. So uh, it got pretty breezy down there. I'll, I'll say that. So, so steal yourself for Forever Plaid stories because they're coming hot and heavy. Okay. Well, I, I'll be very brief since uh, we, we went on quite the uh, extravaganza there. I, in the emails, I discovered something that I had utterly forgotten. And that is my, my long-term job at NYU uh, was there for six years, which became like a whole thing. And I wrote a musical about it. This other thing. I had forgotten that I officially left that job over the summer and like, in, like permanently left that job um, and then came back. And in this email, it was this week that I was finding a way to go back to that job. Uh, but I was gone, gone, and I and and my my boss Kathy, um, who I adore and was a is a, is a character in the show, uh, she bought me a watch at the end, like before this, like a nice one, as a going away gift. I was like a temp for like four months, and and we had like a lobster dinner and all that kind of stuff. But then I came huh. back and I forgot that I that I'd officially left, left, uh, and then sort of slowly worked my way back there for another five years. So. That's what was going on uh, there. What's up, Kathy? Uh, all right. So let us now zoom out just a little bit and talk about. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. You ever realize that one of the biggest differences about not doing this on video is not having to have face discipline. I've always got face discipline, Keith. I, do you? No. No. Even after COVID, right. I still touch my face too much. Oh, I, I don't mean that. It's just like always being conscious of the expression on your face and like where you were looking and like you don't like look away or look bored or pick your nose. Like it's nice not to have face discipline. All right, so of course we are listening to, on October 5th, 2003, Baby Boy, the Beyonce featuring Sean Paul song. Who are we listening to today, Mike? Oh, Keith, we've got an amazingly smoothie cover uh, by mm. Jessica Domingo. Check her out on the YouTube at Jessica Domingo. All right. So uh, the local paper, uh, sad news out of Vermont, Vermont icon Fred Tuttle dies at 84 and i think i told the fred tuttle story uh way back when he was uh, he ran for senate in vermont as a joke the first person i ever voted for uh, in the in republican primary he the republican party was so weak in vermont they had a joke as their senate candidate <laughs> uh so uh sadly we lost fred tuttle um that's what's happening in vermont if we were going to go to the movies uh, we might go and see a uh, a, a pretty legendary no! film. It's School of Rock, subsequently turned into a Broadway musical by none other than Andrew Lloyd Webber. Groupies. So who do you like? Christina Aguilera. No. Puff Daddy. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Super fun. Uh, so that's what was happening in the world. Now it's time for the ever important. It's time, it's time, time. It's time for sports. The Miami Dolphins knocked off the New York Football Giants 23 to 10 at Giants Stadium in New Jersey. Dickie Barber and Ricky Williams scored touchdowns for their respective teams. The loss dropped the Giants' record to two and two. 
Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Football Eagle has improved their record to 2-2 two two with a win over the Washington Racist names 27-25 at the link. Many field goals, not much offense. All right, folks, it is now time. I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Of course, we are talking about the practice season eight, episode two, The Chosen. Written by series creator David E. Kelly and directed by Leslie Libman. Now, I've never heard that name before, right? Have you? This is the first and only time uh, Leslie has directed on the practice. Had an extensive career of music videos before directing on Oz, The Shield, The Wire, Vampire Diaries, NCIS, and Chicago Fire. Uh, be interesting to see if we see any difference in the direction with a uh, with a new director. So uh, there it is. There's only one more thing to do, and that is. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What, what does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Uh, Keith, we should change the name of this segment to Who Will Alan Shore Touch Himself Thinking About uh, Today? Mm. In this episode. Who will Alan Shore think about while touching himself today and sexually harass in a very inappropriate fashion and off-putting ways? Uh, yeah, well, he'll get his chance, but first we have to zoom in on Eleanor, who is going to be Batman to Chris O'Donnell's Robin this mm. uh, this week, and we're going to, I think, go full steam ahead as to figuring out what that is all about. Um. I, to be honest, it was last week, and I sort of forget the the particulars of that of, of that case. Well, he has been he's on trial for murdering his wife, who mm -hmm. he claims uh, committed suicide, and right. he also has that little daughter who appears to be saying uh, the script that he gave her. Oh, that right. mommy was mommy, sad. right? Oh, yeah. So. It's clearly going to be, you know, a, a case of, of domestic abuse and of of some sort of a uh, Stockholm syndrome with the daughter. She's living in some sort of distress that, in no way, shape, or form, lends itself to being counterbalanced by Alan Shore being uh, flirty and sexy. But mm -hmm, Keith, mm -hmm. shocker, shocker, he's going to be anyway. He's going to be anyway. And you and I, once again, are going to feel incredibly disgusting and uncomfortable. That's my prediction for what's going to happen this week. I mean, it, you know, that sounds very accurate. It doesn't sound that exciting. Mike, don't you have more a, a more exciting yes, prediction? Yes, I do. We are going to get a guest star by none other than Dylan okay. McDermott in week two. We're going to find out what's going on with Dylan He's he's joining the episode, Keith. That's my big, okay. that's my bold, wow. my bold flex. That would be exciting. Okay, so uh, let us. Uh, what do you say? What do you say? If we listen to the episode, Mike. I say let's do it. Season eight is great. Episode two, the chosen. Why are we whispering? I don't know. She has a headache. She. God. 
Uh, is that Sharon Stone? Keith, Sharon Stone is nothing if not uh, making me already nervous about what types of weird sexual innuendo we're going to catch between these two. <laughs> Indeed, folks, it's Sharon Stone. Uh, you know, I mean, from basic instinct, let's be honest. Also, uh, she was has, has an Oscar nomination for Best Actress in Casino. You'd also know from Silver, Harold and the Paper and the Purple Crayon, Sphere, and Police Academy Four. I mean, her finest. What don't you think? I, I put some deep cuts in there. Sheila. Alan. Sheila. Alan. I want you to allow me to settle this case. No. Sheila. Alan. Sheila. Assuming you do hear God's thoughts, persuading a jury of that reality. Will be difficult for me. I win my cases. I had the highest winning percentage of any litigator in my firm. They had no right to fire me. Sometimes we need to forgive those who trespass against us. Not. Every conversation he has is very sensual. It is indeed. Well, he's, you know, he's James Spader. So we have a lawyer who has been fired because uh, she talks to God. And uh, here's some of that. But, you know, more importantly, they got Sharon Stone to come on here on season eight of the practice. So uh, big swings. Big yeah. swings here. They took a bigger swing than me. Well, you know, but you don't take big swings. That's true. Oh, you, no. You're a cautious fellow. Now what happened? It's back. Okay, okay. good. Oh, thank God. I hear, I hear the laser sounds. It's not known when the prosecution is going to rest. Sources say, hey, damn it. Oh, extra acting Cause there was death, extra. Cyanide poisoning. And the cyanide entered Mrs. Stanfield's system how, doctor? Ingestion. All Traces right, hold on. Coffee. Uh, doctor, you from somewhere. Hey, uh, the doctor on the stand is Jim Lau, but uh, who's that ADA? Uh, it, it feels like. That's got to be Curtis Simmons, right? ADA Curtis Simmons, uh, played by Tyrese Allen. No, yeah. no, it, no. It's ADA Mark Campbell, which means we are not, not supposed to know, to know this. this that that you man man so now you get twice the residuals. Here's a patter section with some patter 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 and you do a little patter and it doesn't even matter because you patter 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 when you scatter scatter scatter. We're aware that a suicide note was found. Ridiculous. I'm sorry? Cyanine poisoning. Violent death. Nobody commits suicide that way. Doctor, did the cyanide Except come the most in liquid famous suicide or solid Powder. Powder. So one way for it to have gotten into the coffee would be for somebody to simply pour it into her cup. Right, doctor? Yes. And another way, somebody doctor? could have put doctor? it into the coffee doctor? grounds. Doctor? Isn't that correct, doctor? Frank could Bernie happen. is back as so the judge. The poison could have been put into the coffee long before, perhaps days before it was bought and consumed by the victim. Isn't that right, doctor? 
Could happen. Doctor, what can you tell me? Doctor? About Molly doctor? Stanfield's personality. Nothing. Not psychologist. Well, doctor, suicide goes very much to the psychology of the victim. You're up here trying to rule out suicide, and you know nothing about Molly Stanfield. You can't rule out suicide, can you, doctor? 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 The cause of action is wrongful termination under the state's Employment Practices Act. We already filed with the MCAD to no avail. When were you fired? June. We have a settlement conference scheduled for 11 o'clock. Failing settlement. Excuse me, could I just stop you for a sec? Surely. Jimmy, I don't mind you looking at me. In fact, I'm even flattered. But would you mind keeping each stare to eight seconds total in duration? Anything longer than that is just an invasion of my privacy. Eight seconds or less, Jimmy. Okay. Sure. Uh, that's all Jimmy needs. Now, if we don't settle, I'd like to have you second chair of the trial. Poor Jimmy. Your plain folk style could that, be an asset. This is sort of like that. A was sort of like that today. Kittleson, Kittleson moment. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. I mean that as a compliment, Jimmy. You're the everyman. I'm not a simple person. You're the grunt, buddy. I'm very deep. Yes. And what I'd be looking for is for you to go to your depths and say to the jury, not fair. See, here's my thing at this point. Can you do that? How, with all of the like long discussions we've had about this practice is hiring and firing and like, how do you get hired and who makes the decisions and this, that, the other thing. Spader just walks in, declares like I work here now and now is like bossing around Jimmy. Like how did that all happen? Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I guess he. Yeah, like because Eleanor was like, take on this case as spec, basically, and he won the case, but by basically breaking the law and it, right and, by by breaking and the Eugene law. Eugene was like, I, I Eugene was like, hard eye roll. All right, you're a partner. You can tell Jimmy what to do. I mean, everybody can tell Jimmy what to do. Who the fuck, Jimmy? Yeah, it just, he's just it, a partner. It just yeah, Jimmy's a partner. Eleanor. Is also a partner, but she like she can't just like bring somebody on spec for no reason. Well, I mean, they do that all the time. They didn't Doesn't even that, try that to like Jamie get was, Spader on there naturally. No, like, they did not. Because like remember, well, but Jamie came on in like an interview process that went on for like in two episodes. They interviewed her like six times. You know, then now that I think about it, I earlier I predict, predicted we'd see we'd see Dylan. Now I'm starting to think maybe we we're, just, we're not even going to mention what happened. And what was I thinking to put to put Alan Lowe, Alan Shore, right? Alan Lowe. Sure. Uh, who's Alan Lowe? Alan Lowe. Uh, Is that uh, Apollo Thirteen? No, uh, that's a. Uh, uh, it, was, it was on the show. Hold on. It was. Uh, oh, he was uh, like what's the his name's character. The real famous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, like Ron was Livingston's naked. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So Alan, we couldn't have Alan Shore and Bobby McDonald on the. Uh, in the same room that'd be too much smoke show too too much sexy just yeah. too much one two three a drug overdose is one thing but cyanide why not it's quick and violent there are headaches vomiting possible suffocation it's an ugly death it's not possible let's do it all right everybody stop here folks uh no are, are, i'm hearing pops and crackles in the tv audio i'm assuming you're not getting that uh, I am getting some pops and crackles, but I'm 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 addressing it. All right, very good. All right, well then, uh, this is this is also important because the guy on the stand here, played by Randy Kovitz, um, 
Is there any chance we've seen him before? Perhaps as Dr. Johnson in Axe Murderer? But is there any chance that we also saw him in another iconic episode? Perhaps as Dr. Schumann in the case of Harlan Bassett? And is he now uh, Dr. Henke in a third one? Oh my god, folks, look out. Dr. Henke. We're not supposed mm. to notice that you've been on the show before. Getting all versions of this song but today. After a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. Charging back, back for more. more. Very nice guy. Welcome back to the Oh, I didn't warm up. I suppose it's possible, but as I said, I've never seen it. Also, the note. Not that I've warmed up since college. When people leave notes, typically it's to provide explanation or to say goodbye. Here we have, I do not choose to live, typed, unsigned. You think the note was a fake? Yes. Scripted by somebody who wanted us to think it was a suicide. Sounds like whoever did this was pretty sloppy. Certainly unconvincing. Or maybe very clever. Maybe. The victim made it look like a phony suicide, hoping the police would suspect her husband of murder. I beg your pardon? This marriage was marked by a lot of anger, Doctor, if not hatred. Isn't it possible Molly Stanfield decided to check out and take her husband down in the process? Is that what you think happened? Or somebody else killed her, knowing the police always looked to the spouse. Can you positively rule that out? That somebody else killed her? Let me put it this way. Who besides my client did you investigate? I didn't have another line. You can't be willing to take this to trial. <laughs> oh, but we can. She was terminated Oh, folks, stop it right there. It's one of my favorite actors out there. Because it's Alan Arkin. Yeah. Adam Arkin. Of course, from Chicago, Hope from Rebel Fargo Sons of Anarchy. He has three Emmy nominations for Frasier, Chicago Hope, and Northern Exposure. He uh, will be back on Boston Legal and is now splitting his time as from uh, as a director as well as an actor. He did uh, 13 episodes of Get Shorty. Uh, hmm. but, uh, wow, the, this cast was so good. I'm watching the the intro to uh, Chicago Hope, also a David E. Kelly show. It's against the law. She was terminated for not being able to fulfill the function of the job, one such function being client relations. She claims God talks to her, for God's sake. I forgot she claims to say Halloween H2O. She claims her thoughts. I mean, come on, you, seem you gotta upset. give him this credit. I am upset. We're wasting valuable time here. How can you be willing to go forward with this? She will be publicly revealed as Was a that loon, in the episode? which you are, Sheila. May I, I speak off so. the record? As recently cool. as five months ago, you, Mr. Lambert, and my client had rather vigorous sexual relations. Do you recall Jesus that, Mr. Lambert? Jesus Christ, Alan. Do you, Sheila? Vividly. 
What is this, an extortion attempt? Oh, extortion is a very bad thing. I would never. However. Did you see that? There's that's funny. That very mm. coordinated drink. One of my favorite mm-hmm. words, however. Don't you like that word? Love it. They're doing like a Laurel I would have Hardy to introduce routine. this carnal episode as an admission on Mr. Lambert's part that he considered my client to be both competent and sane. How do you figure that? It's like who's on first, but, well, you Mr. know, Ginsburg, sexy. certainly if he had relations with a person who, to his mind, lacked capacity to consent to said relations. You assume who's on first isn't for now. Heavens? Rape. In Massachusetts, having sex with the incompetent, was it heavens? Rape. Right. You're now using the threat of a criminal trial to advance a civil claim, Mr. Shore. That's grounds for disbarment. I don't believe I did that. But why don't you go report me? See how it all unfolds. $2.6 million, gentlemen. That's your out. I mean, he does wheel and deal, baby. He's a wheel and dealer. I want to see my niece. When the meeting is oh, yeah. over, they will come out. I am that child's guardian. I wonder how guardian. many times they practice that. Actually, her father is still the legal guardian, and it's my understanding you want him convicted. This if is you Cheryl interfere with White our defense, what you'll be doing is Robin's giving him victim. grounds for a new trial. I don't think you want that. Now, please, sit over there and wait while I check on your niece. All right. First, this Shore guy is totally corrupt. Second, the client is nuts. She thinks God talks to her. Excuse me? She also thinks bald men access her thoughts. And if you stare at her more than eight seconds, you invade her privacy. And Shore, he just tried extorting the lawyer. He's a crook. I got an even better argument for Eugene, for Jimmy to make the Eugene there. Okay. This guy doesn't work here. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty straightforward. You can't just walk in and give yourself a job. And if that could work, I'd be on Broadway. It's like walk backstage at Phantom. I'm on tonight. Who is that case here? You're using a I don't know, but I think he sexually harassed everybody on his way in. How could anyone Mm -hmm. be sympathetic to that? If you try to interfere with Emma's involvement, we will assert our rights against you. Who's this lady? Come on, honey. <laughs> the sister of the victim. Right, 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 right. You calling the daughter? I don't know. All she has to say is that her mother seemed sad. We're thinking about accusing Christine. Her? The sister? She has no alibi. They didn't Lampia, get along. Baby? Basically, we've got nothing else. Eleanor. I think I can sell it. Are you out of your mind? It's called Plan B. Tenth Plan we B is free. We use it on occasion when Plan A is sure to fail. What about Emma's testimony? She'll support suicide. None of us feel Emma will help us. What in I fact, love, we... I'm sure we've addressed it, but in no other media consumption that I've done in my life, and I've done a ton, have I ever heard the turn of phrase of Plan Being someone? I wouldn't even say as much a- at all. It's just, it's really isolated into this universe. No, I, I think David E. Kelly invented it for this show. And you got to play the hits, man. You got to play the hits. <laughs> you got to play the hits. Uh, speaking of which, what I think is pretty awesome is when you go on Hulu, uh, shout out to Hulu, 
for bringing the practice back because uh, it took it off. Remember that for like two weeks? It did, yeah. But when you lo- boot up uh, the practice season eight on Hulu, do you know what the screen cap is? No, what it's is a it? publicity shot of Dylan McDermott and Kelly Williams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the two people they can't. I think trying Don't to exploit stop her further could even hurt. Well, my testimony, and we don't think you should testify either. That's the wrong key. There's too much to impeach you with. Right now, your domestic assault isn't in evidence. If you testify, Bradley, it comes into play. What is our defense? Reasonable doubt. All we need to show is that it's all we need to show is that Robin laid an egg. Possible, somebody else did it, including possibly. (laughs) And the Joker got away. Okay. I'm, I'm right now that meme of Batman slapping you. We're not kidding ourselves, but it's something, Bradley. Ooh, he looks... Okay, Chris, I just need you to look at the camera and be look really mean. Yeah, mean or as mean as we you can We do not look. commit blackmail in this firm. We, we do don't? not resort to... That's all we do. That's like a basic tenet of the firm. <laughs> you, you know what the B is in plan B? <laughs> blackmail extortion or any other criminal offenses to settle our claims. Eugene, I give you my word. I would never get caught. (laughs) Great line. I will report you to the bar myself. How about just fire him? Why? Who hired him? Jimmy, I brought you in on this case because I sensed a connection between us. You brought me in because you think I'm simple. Simple would be speaking directly with the person you have issues with, Jimmy. Going behind my back, that makes you complicated. You're no longer invited to play on my team, Jimmy. Guys, (laughs) Keith and I... (laughs) You know what? Forget it. Children. 22 episodes to go. <laughs> you can't give us any nice My toys. My sister either. was a devout Catholic. No. I keep Suicide thinking this is, Cynthia is considered Nixon. against God. She does. She also like was not a woman to indulge in self-pity. Nothing kept that woman down, no matter what the setback. Could she have privately been unhappy? No. If Keith, anything, you know what kept her down for good, though? She seemed happier What's lately. That? When her husband murdered her. She was in her. love. Yeah, that in does really. She had bummer. a boyfriend. I didn't approve, but oh, I was hey, at Jamie. least hopeful that Hopefully it would get her out of her involvement episode. with him. She'd cross one of the witnesses. Him. You observed your sister with him. Yes. It was increasingly more and more angry to the point that I felt that it was extremely unhealthy for Emma. Clearly, it turned out to be unhealthy for Molly as well. Ooh. You said she was a devout Catholic. Are you? Yes, I am. Is it possible, knowing how opposed you were to suicide, that your sister concealed her plans to take her life? This was not a suicide, and I am finding this repulsive. You seem angry. I am. You and your sister often got angry with each other, didn't you? We had our differences, primarily over the war zone they subjected Emma to. Just out of curiosity, where were you the day your sister died? I beg you. you know, this was not a time period when we generally 
handled uh, suicide with the care and kid gloves that we do today, uh, it was a little more uh, black and white in uh, television portrayal. Yeah. I will say <clears throat> that uh, in this episode, you'll notice I was talking about the differences with the, this new director, Leslie Libman. The camera is almost always moving. And that's a normal thing on the show. Is that the, there's a lot of like dolly work and crane work. But uh, Libman zooms constantly mm. in this episode. And that's not something that we see very often on the practice. Your pardon? I don't mean to be rude, but if my client should be convicted of this murder, he'd be disqualified from inheriting and you'd get more of your sister's money, wouldn't you? Are you suggesting I killed my sister? I'm just suggesting that you had keys to her house, that you knew her coffee drinking patterns. Did the police ever investigate you? No, they did not. A year ago, you tried to get custody of Emma because you considered your sister to be an unfit parent. I considered them both unfit because of the way they fought continually in front of Emma. You love Emma very much. Like a daughter, yes, I do. And if your sister dies and your brother-in-law gets convicted of this crime, you would get custody of Emma, wouldn't you, Christine? Everything would work out. Let you me. are disgusting. <clears throat> One dollar? Yes, Mr. Shore. That is our offer. One dollar, and it's final. We were offended by your little extortion attempt yesterday, and we're perfectly willing to go to trial on Thursday. And when we do, it's gonna get out that your client is insane. Her peers are going to learn that she is deeply, deeply deluded, and she will likely be unemployable forever. So go ahead, Mr. Shore. Advise your client to move forward with this claim. Counsel her that it is in her best interest to do so. And you, why don't you just talk it over with God? Let me tell you something. Adam Arkin is so Mr. casually Ginsburg, good. What you've done, unwittingly or not, is turn the matter personal. <clears throat> when a case becomes personal to me, Mr. Ginsburg, my priorities shift. My goal becomes not so much to vindicate, but rather to avenge. My mission now is to get you. That'd be a much better scene if, like, we were on the his side. Over. You may go. <laughs> Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the meek, for they will possess the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will get their fill. Sharon Stone in one of the most bizarre. What about my testimony? We agreed you shouldn't testify since. I never agreed. You agreed. If you take the stand, your domestic assault comes into evidence. And if I don't go up there, we have no defense. Our case is reasonable doubt. It's burden of proof. We've already established the possibility of suicide. We've established the possibility of somebody else killing her. That's the best we can do here. No, it isn't. 
If you take the stand, you are guaranteed a guilty... You listen to me. From my perspective, I've already bought the guilty verdict. I do not want to rest. If you get... I'm talking. I'm not like taking my nap. From the start, everyone thinks I'm guilty. I'm the sick bastard who killed his pregnant wife and unborn child. Well, people need to hear from me now. My daughter needs to hear from me. Then do it behind closed doors. I will do it in that room. I have made a life out of being liked, Eleanor. Eleanor. Look at my face. Eleanor. Every job I've got, every woman. 200 episodes of NCIS, damn it. I'm sympathetic. I make a favorable impression. Brad, I agree with Eleanor. You testify I made the be best Batman idea. movie. I will take that stand, and I will make a favorable impression. I will tell my story, and they will cry for me. You understand me? We understand you perfectly. Even this scoring can't make Chris O'Donnell threatening. Yeah. Maybe nipples on his I'm bat suit. I'm really excited about the trial. <laughs> There's no greater rush of adrenaline. And I'm looking forward I to working together First of all, again. we really love this too. restaurant. I thought we gelled perfectly at that first settlement oh, conference. Yeah. You know, our rhythms were together. It was it's always this restaurant. It's always this table. Um, I, it's already built and, and lit. I mean, I you know. would have sworn that uh, when we cut into this, that I could see uh, Twerp fake eating his food and Bobby flirting with Sharon Stone. It's such a weird um, twist here. They're ghosts. The ghosts. Kind of like sex. <laughs> What do you think about me presenting the open? There's no better way of showing off my skills as a litigator. Did you get a message just then? From God? As a matter of fact, I did. Why? I was just wondering. So what do you think about me opening? I think it sounds good. Okay. Listen, I need to meet with your doctors tomorrow. Why? To prepare their testimony. Why would we be calling doctors? We're basing our claim on disability law. So I'll need to present evidence of... My disability? I have none, Helen. When I try cases, Sheila, I don't like surprises. Therefore, I would like to meet with your doctors. Well, I'll give you all the surprises right now. I have no doctors. You're not being treated by anybody? Why should I be? Because God speaks to me? That doesn't make me ill. And it doesn't make me any less of a lawyer. I thought I'd have meat. I'm on the Atkins diet. So let's bring on the protein. What's... I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> In what certainly promises to be the most dramatic moment it's of the trial, stylish, if Brad incoherent. Stanfield will sit in the witness chair and presumably deny that he killed his pregnant wife, Molly, and their unborn son, Michael. You called Eugene? Yes. I wanted don't to work meet here. our new client. Ah, Sheila. Oh. Sheila Carlisle, Eugene Young. Why is she hiding behind you? You're bald, Eugene. You can access her thoughts. 
May I have a word with you, please, Al? Certainly. Sheila? Mm-hmm. Guys, you know it's been eight seasons. Writers, writers, huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. Okay, okay. All right, I'm here. Ooh, oh, sorry, I was, I, I, I was taking a nap. But I'm, I'm good. I'm right. What's up? Uh, so we've had eight seasons now, and uh, we're working. I'm working on a. I got some ideas for a uh, another mental health case. Oh, uh, we got, okay. We got Sharon Stone. So we wow, we Sharon got a, Stone. Yeah, no we've kidding. Got a really capable actress. Yeah, who can really. Ground Oscar nominated. Yeah, really ground her yeah. performance. What I'm going to mm-hmm. need from you guys is a really, a really well formed, three dimensional, grounded mm-hmm. plot uh, and script that really okay. handles the complexity of mental health. You'll remember uh-huh. last season. So with Beale- wait, so she should she she thinks she's Superman? No, 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 no. I'm thinking more along the lines. You know, we learned our lessons from that. You know when we hmm. like descended into madness, uh, Eleanor. Oh, defended. with Alfred Woodard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very, we have uh, another legendary actress today, so I, w- I yeah. want something okay, along great. those lines, and mm-hmm. not at all kooky or anything that could be, you know, because we got to balance, uh, you know, uh, Spader's kind of uh, blatant uh, sexual harassment. So if we could just mm-hmm. not totally alienate the mental health community, that would be great. Right. Okay. Okay. Great. So uh, I got an idea. Uh, okay, cool. She's afraid of uh, 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 bald people. Uh, okay, because she can they, they can read her thoughts. Okay, what about uh-huh. a religious slant? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, talks to God. Does that sound good? Yeah, but like, is it gonna be funny or like, or she's like she's really struggling oh hilarious? With it. No, it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> and. Because I, I I think the I think the way to go here because because we're already going this with 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 Alan Shore here, uh, what we want to do is after every line, uh, make it look like the actors are doing everything they can do not to take directly to camera and wink. Okay. Like I want to I want to like I want to like just knock on the fourth wall after every line. All right, so I would say, nailed it. Yeah. Are you serious about trying this case? Quite. The woman thinks God speaks to her? She does. Yep. As senior partner, I'm directing you to either settle or enter your withdrawal. This firm cannot and will not proceed to court with that cause of action. I'm still trying respond? to be in a TV show. Please. The client merely thinks you can access her thoughts because of your baldness, Eugene. But if I'm not mistaken, you're not bald. You shave your head, if I may. Just as I thought, Nubs. It's all a big misunderstanding. I'll let her know. You do not amuse me. He's in a completely different that. television show. Yes, yeah, he's he's from Ally McBeal. It wasn't. This a is all Ally McBeal. He's in like a I stage had farce. Mm-hmm. Turns out with a lot of sexual innuendo. One. But still, you didn't want a divorce. No, we had a daughter. For both Molly and me, Emma was everything. And uh, I'll tell you what, that what little that, girl's giving a hell of a performance. Despite our battle, yeah, Alyssa Gaynor. My love for Molly was as strong as ever. I resisted the divorce simply because I, I couldn't imagine life without her. That may make me weak, but uh, it's the truth. Did you kill your wife, Bradley? No, I didn't. She was pregnant with my son. A son I had dreamed of. 
The idea that I could take a life, any life, <laughs> but to accuse me of killing Molly? Oh, he's working up those tears, or folks. Michael? The charm offensive. You heard it mentioned that your sister-in-law, Christine, might have had both motive and opportunity. I mean, we make fun, but Chris O'Donnell's doing a good job I can't believe here. Christine could yeah. be capable of this. I, she and Molly had battles, and I know she wanted custody of Emma, but this was her own sister. Did Molly have any other enemies? I mean, obviously, she had secrets. I didn't know about the affair, but no enemies that I knew of. Brad, you have to understand why you're a suspect. You have a troubled marriage, your wife wants to leave you, and she suddenly found poison to death in your home with no signs of anybody else being there but you. I would never be capable of taking a human life. I could never hurt the woman that I love more than life. You could never hurt her. A year ago, the police were called to your house once because you hit her. Once during an argument, I lashed out. I'm ashamed of that. You're ashamed. And when the police questioned you after finding her dead, you didn't tell them of your affair, did you? No, I, I was- Ashamed? Objection? The police asked if you and your wife had any domestic problems. You answered no. That was a lie, wasn't it, Mr. Stanfield? I didn't imagine that I was a suspect at the time of that question. I thought my marriage was a private matter. I see. You also told the police that you tried to revive your wife. Yes, after I found her, I performed chest compressions, mouth to mouth. Yes, you said you tried to breathe air into her lungs. And yet, we found no traces of your saliva on her mouth. In fact, there was no smudging even of her lipstick, Mr. Stanfield. Did you not touch her lips as you performed mouth to mouth? I thought that's I did. A, you thought you did. That's a little the night before there. Molly's death, neighbors heard you and your wife screaming at each other from inside your home. What was the fight about, Mr. Stanfield? We argued a lot in our marriage. I said so. That particular argument, she complained that I worked too much, that I was a, an absentee husband. That's what the fight was about? Yes. One neighbor, Martin Reed, who was seated right there, he heard you screaming at your wife, do you love him? Mm. Did she love who, Mr. Stanfield? I do not recall saying that. You stated to the police and testified again today that you didn't learn of your wife's affair until after her death. And yet the night before, you were heard screaming, do you love him? As I said do before, I don't remember saying that. Yes, I love him. I knew nothing him. about her affair. They need the little girl here, man. Not good. How bad? All six voted guilty. Unequivocally. What are you talking about? I hired a focus group to monitor the trial. Yes, we thought we were going to be uh, focus grouping Atkins bars. What? What is this testimony of murder we're watching? And do I still get my $25 gift card to Applebee's? It's, yes. First off, yes, Applebee's. <laughs> uh, 
to it's less uh less Atkin bars and more poisoning your wife. Oh, with okay. cyanide. Because All cyanide's right. super easy to get your hands on. Oh, okay. Well, I did just answer an ad in Craigslist, and I speak from absolute personal experience as a man who paid his rent with focus groups. And every time they're like, have you done a focus group before? I'm always like, no, sir. Even though I'd done like 30 that week. <laughs> I considered it role research, Keith. Mm. Don't they shame found me. found your testimony unconvincing <laughs> and unanimously Well, they wouldn't take it. your blood or your, uh, All right. you know, mm -hmm. other stuff. Look. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. You're gonna need to be five nine or above. Oh, I, I am. No, sir. You're wearing boots. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, but you know what? I'm so sorry. Uh, but we have a different option. Is there any chance you have a hairy back? <laughs> no, but uh, I think I have a little bit of blood plasma left. If you could squeeze some <laughs> out, you could probably. If you give me another twenty. <laughs> I would like to explore murder too. Absolutely not, Brad. That is. You don't think anybody walks into one of those genetic places? And they're like, "Look, I'm looking for a kid who's very hairy and short as hell." <laughs> <laughs> I must be in demand somewhere. <laughs> a life sentence, Eleanor. Really With good the on OBS. Of parole. I don't know what to tell you. We are going to lose here. We are dead. Daddy, let me tell. Emma, please be quiet. Oh shit. Daddy, you said you. Emma. Looking for a kid who's willing to do a lot of things for money. Tell what? Nothing. Could... Can I have a moment alone with my daughter, please? I need to beat the shit out of her. High tension. Sharon Stone has an office now, apparently. Hey. Hey. I'm working on my opening. You want to hear it? In a second. This whole episode is also lit much brighter than most episodes. Me, Sheila. Yeah. So Eugene's already pissed at Alan, uh, mm -hmm. rightfully, I would say. And what do you think? Do you think he's going to implode when he finds out he's letting her open? I, I, the, the structure of who's in charge of what for how is very confusing at this point. Now, they've like, done it is, before. It's not unprecedented. We've had uh, clients... Op I mean, well, of course, that was a, a, a serial mastermind. Uh, Joey Herrick, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Eugene's not going to She is happy. a lawyer. She is yeah. a lawyer. I get it. It is her case, but... Uh, it does make me upset. We can talk about it later, though, that, like, Eugene, who's our favorite, right, uh, one of our favorites, is sort of relegated to, like, disappointed dad. Right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's like naggy mom. The reason I so readily took this case aside from my tremendous affection for you is because I know your eccentricities notwithstanding, you've always been a fierce and brilliant litigator. And I have never, ever known you to be off on the law. But I'm concerned, Sheila. Because now you are off on the law. How so? The basis of our claim lies in employment discrimination. Massachusetts General Laws, Chapter 151, you drafted the complaint, Sheila. We must, as a matter of law, make a showing that you're handicapped within the meaning of the statute. We will need a doctor to testify that you have a mental illness, because you do. And if we cannot make a showing, 
that you're mentally ill, we cannot win this lawsuit. See, when they try to flip it and show that what he's very thoughts? serious and good, like that scene at the pool last week with, with the homeless gentleman, it, they sort of neuter it, Please the whole episode up to here. I won't. I mean, he's good <laughs> enough to kind of play both sides, but <clears throat> I, could, I could use more of this. I was initially diagnosed with schizophrenia. Definitely. I had excellent premorbid functioning. I was later re-diagnosed with a non-bizarre delusional disorder. Delusional and not schizophrenic because the voices were within my head and not from external sources. I was treated with antipsychotic medication. The voices remitted. I went off the medication and she came back. There you have it. I'll make the doctors available to you. Though I haven't been treated in over two months. you get back to your opening see that like now um, honest moment through both of them is a nice moment right so like but they're both smart enough to know from the very get that that's what it was going to come to this so with the whole 45 40 minutes of shenanigans was just i don't get it like for what shenanigans for yeah. i need you to win this case for me can you win it for me please Done. It seems like you're doing all the work, Cher. We know you love your dad very much, and he loves you. We're his lawyers, and all of his secrets are safe with us. Are you the person who poisoned your mother? I told you I don't really want to talk about it right now. Girl, Emma, it's now and ever. I don't think you really want your dad to live the rest of his life in prison. There may be a way for us to help him and to protect you at the same time. But we need to know the truth, Emma. Did you poison your mother? Where would she get cyanide? Can you tell us why? She was ruining everything. She's lying to protect me. I don't think so. Where is she? She's with Tara. She killed Listen, her mom? I what do you mean she was ruining it? Molly. All right? Okay, Emma's just trying to protect me. Leave it at that. Oh, so now you're suddenly saying that you did it? You've been protecting your daughter. This doesn't help her. She's 10. She'll be destroyed. She'll most definitely be destroyed if she's locked up. That doesn't have to happen. There's probably an insanity defense. She's 10. Plus, for God's sake, if she's ever to have any chance of psychological or emotional health, she's going to need you on the outside. You accepting guilt for her crime. I accept guilt because I'm at fault, Eleanor. She was raised in an environment of hatred. Her mom and I fought. Emma? Whatever caused her to do this, I absolutely 
accept fault. Let us try to work this out. Just make the deal on murder too. I'll take it. We're not allowed to do that. As Emma's legal guardian, I am directing you to hire independent counsel for her. That you have to do. She's a gifted attorney, and I mean gifted. She has the highest winning percentage of all our litigators. But God speaks to her. She claims bald men access her thoughts. As much as we adore Sheila Carlisle, and we do, she's ill. And her delusions simply shake client confidence in our firm. Now, you'll hear lots of evidence during this trial from many people documenting her illness. And you'll understand our position. But you'll truly come to appreciate it, I'm afraid, once you hear from Sheila. Unless she gives a serious, super stone-faced open super technical is she like yeah what's gonna happen imagine being considered insane for endeavoring to communicate with god i've been so ostracized by my firm these days god was the only one who talked to me you talk to her margaret every night and though you think she's a he that's okay and Ward, I know you don't believe in her, but when your wife survived cancer, you were heard to mutter, thank God. What is going on here? I'm giving my opening remarks, and I'd appreciate being allowed to finish. And this is fraud. Objection? Agnostic, Mitchell. Shame. Ms. Carlisle. Mistrial? Chambers. That, that poor guy no. is listed in the credits as Just juror well, Comover. Shirley has to pee. Obviously, she managed to find personal data on the jurors. This is unethical. Where did you get this information, Consul? God. I'm Deborah not fooling around, Ms. Carlisle. If you have access to the clerk's office, if you gained access to the files... This is probably why she relates so well to jury. She gets inside information, which... You're she... absolutely right, Albert. If you'd like a mistrial, fine. We can do this over and over again. My source will always be there. All right. Regardless of where you get your information, it is improper for you to have personal contact with jurors. I haven't. Yes, you have. The fact that you had it in open court doesn't change things. This is a mistrial. She told me that you'd do that, but I wouldn't listen. Mr. Ginsburg, given you don't know her source and that she might be more subtle the next go around, I seriously suggest you think about settling this. Your wife would be happy. You could take that trip to Mexico. How'd you know They're that? in a rut. The cyanide came from her mother's photo lab. Evidently, it's used in developing pictures. It explains the simple suicide oh, note written by a 10-year-old. I need to talk to her. I can't allow that. Look. You're gonna have to help me out a little here, otherwise... I'm assigned to help the girl, not you. Trust me, she's not talking. And if I were to subpoena her? She'll plead the fifth. 
What Unless, did I miss, of course, Keith? you'd like to grant to total immunity. Well, if I uh, can speak to... They explained where the daughter got cyanide. Well, yeah, I missed it. What did she say? From her, uh, her mother was a photographer and had uh, developing chemicals, which I and, guess... And what was she ruining that she of. wanted to kill her for? Did we get a motive yet? Uh, that was a, still a little unclear. I have no new evidence, and therefore... Actually, you do. Jamie and I are witnesses, as is Tara Wilson, our assistant. We heard the girl confess. And I'm to take your word. You represent the guy. No, actually, we would have to recuse ourselves now because we've become witnesses. Look, I pull a lot of stunts. In this trial alone, pointing the finger at the sister, it, it was a tactic, a part of the game. But as an officer of the court, I am here before you now, as is Jamie, telling you this was not a stunt. Thank you for coming in. I understand you've had opportunity to talk to your niece. Miss Shepard, I need you to be a friend of the court. Hold and I, on a second. Miss Singleton, you represent the girl, not the aunt. That's this is improper, Your Honor. Well, that's my call, not yours. And I'll thank you to be quiet. Yeah. Miss Shepard, none of us wants the wrong person convicted here. Did your niece indicate to you that she poisoned your sister? I asked you a question I would like you to answer. I am not going to incriminate my niece. But I'll say... She didn't not do it. It appears Mr. Stanfield did not commit the crime. It doesn't matter why the kid did it. Members of the jury, new information. Yeah, there are some weird zooms for sure. As a result yeah. of this new information, the district attorney feels he is duty bound to withdraw the complaint. The charges against Bradley Stanfield are therefore dismissed. The defendant <gasps> is free to go. The minor Emma Stanfield will be taken into custody and we are adjourned. <gasps> Peace and carrots, peace and carrots. They're not taking you back. What? They can't be forced to employ you, Sheila. You know that. Well, then let's not settle. Five is not enough. You don't need them. Being alone is not good for... You definitely don't need them. I know this law firm. You can just walk in and give yourself a job. Just start working. Me, Alan. And sexually harass the receptionist, and then you're in. We fired three fourths of the cast, so we can actually we got plenty of budget to hire you, Sharon Stone. Come on in. That's true. Voices on the outside to balance. Being alone is not good for me. Let's not settle. Nobody's going to hire you, except maybe me. You? Here? Why not? Do you but think we can't have afford the authority it? to hire people? I have the no. ability to hire people now. I'll figure it out. Is Sharon Stone joining Her the cast, Keith? How did you learn the idea? 
identities and backgrounds of all those jurors. <laughs> oh, she ain't telling. Brad? You got a second? Sure. Emma's lawyer. Is she qualified? Well, she was assigned by the courts. Her reputation is good. Can you take over? Oh, yeah, because we need to keep I, going, I suppose, baby. but... Good. I want to move quickly. I don't <laughs> want her to be locked up. She's going to be locked up. She committed murder. There's... Actually, she didn't, Jamie. She just said she did. Well, that was a hard cut. All right, Some look, weird edits, too. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't been truthful with you. All right. You think? I killed Molly. I maintained otherwise for obvious reasons. I didn't want to spend my life in jail. As the case went south, Emma and I devised a backup plan, a plan B of our own, I guess you'd call it. Oh, a double it plan B. It involved manipulating you, getting you to think that she did it, in the hope that maybe you'd find a way to write an apparent travesty of justice, which you did. And I'm grateful. Now we need to help her. Assuming double jeopardy will prevent me from being retried, one strategy might be for me to come forward now and admit my guilt. Is that right? Do I assume correctly, Eleanor? You killed your wife? Yes. And I'm not proud of using my daughter to secure my freedom. Actually, you two gave me that idea. Anyway, the mission now is to fix things and get her out. So we all need to get on board. Again, I totally apologize for manipulating you. I thought Look, that I'm was the only way. I'm sorry for killing my wife. I'm sorry for lying. When can we proceed? Sorry Brad, for Batman Beyond or whatever that is. You're going to have to give Batman us a little time to absorb all of this. But let's not waste any time, okay? An innocent 10-year-old girl is in jail. We need to help her. Whatever we choose to do, by the way, it cannot involve me going to jail. That is not an option. I've got a, I've got a list okay. of, 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 of demands. Thank you. What is happening? I need to be out where I can wear these mom jeans. <laughs> I think I could be sick. We need to figure out a way to take him down. How? We, I don't know, There's but let's double just- double jeopardy? We'll, let's find a plot Privilege. from last season. I'm sure Jamie. we can figure it out. He just used us as puppets to defraud the court. We need to take him down. Yeah, that's like some Lindsay shit right there. Throw that pencil, Eleanor. Yeah, take that. Also, when did Eleanor get a giant office? To be continued. That was Eugene's old office, wasn't it? Oh, I guess, yeah. Where's yeah, Eugene work now? In Bobby's office. Oh, that's right. Bobby. 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 Okay, right, folks. Well, yeah. There it is. Season eight, episode two. Down the hatch. There it is. Okay. Uh, so uh, in case you weren't just with us, but like, wh why wouldn't you? Of course you're there. It's time for... Mm, two, three, four. Mike has 30, 30 seconds, seconds to, remember to remember what just what happened, happened on, on the show. show. Segment. Segment. Y'all, uh, Sharon Stone's here. She ch 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 chewing it up and... Uh, She's talking to God, and she's also like reading the diary of the juries, and she's like flirty flirt, but then she's serious, but then at the end of the day, she he has a job, uh, and Robin's kid did it, but she didn't do it, and Robin's uh, like he's like pulling the puppet strings, yeah, 
Yeah, Some, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, something like that. Wow, that was uh, some of your best work. <laughs> now, <laughs> let's hear some more fantastic work. Robin's own plan B. Spader and Stone chewing scenes. God's basic instincts. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'd watch that episode. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I think it's time to hand out some fake awards, don't you think? Ladies sure. and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast in unofficial, we're getting unsolicited, the unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions Just for you and me now. proudly present... Well, the audio is baked into them, so... Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! Oop, 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 pow. What the hell are the oopsies? Uh, well, Jackie, they're a fake awards show that, uh, begins... Every single time with I really enjoyed that at the time. Well, I mean, this week it's not that difficult. Uh so I mean Eleanor and Jamie got like flat out played hard. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't win. Yeah. Alan, uh, I don't know what I feel about Alan right now, but I'll say that Sharon Stone, who's a litigator in her own right, was able to use her mental illness as either cover or whatever. She she was able to manipulate herself into a mistrial which i guess is good is that what she wanted that's not what she wanted no though. no no she got the case that she was she was the one suing yeah so that doesn't make it but it seemed like she did that on purpose so no nothing uh, good came of that for her yeah so who i'll tell you exactly who it is it's freaking robin robin got himself out of a murder yeah. case but is he a lawyer? Uh, he outlawyered all the lawyer lawyers. Yeah, everybody else is a loser, loser pants. So I guess that's right. I mean, yeah, pulling, sure, let's do he it. Riddled himself out of that. Mom I mean, Jean it's, Robin. It's definitely Mom Jean Robin. Congratulations on your MVL. Now it's time. Is it gonna be a double? Already, Already famous. So glad I don't have to limber up anymore. I love you, Sharon Stone. I really do. Uh, you brought me into manhood in many ways. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what was that other one she was in with uh, Michael Douglas in the 90s? The other one that wasn't Basic Instinct? Yeah, there was like a... 
There was silver. Oh no, sliver. Oh. I'm thinking. You know what I'm thinking of? It wasn't her. It was Catherine Zeta Jones. What's that other one? It's uh, like a law law one. It's a Michael Crichton book. Anyway. Um, oh, oh, that is was Demi Moore. Yeah, that's a decent proposal or something. No, Mm-mm, it's gonna bug me now. Anyway, not the point. GI uh, Jane. <laughs> that's a great movie too, though. Polly Shore, maybe. <laughs> no, that's not Polly. I'm thinking of In the Army now. We've gone a different biodome. <laughs> that was one of the Baldwin's, right? <laughs> It was. Biodome was Polly Shore and like uh Billy Baldwin, I think. Oh, uh, it's Polly Shore. Oh, who the hell? I think was it's it? Billy I don't Baldwin. Think it was a Baldwin. I don't yeah, think totally. it was a lesser Baldwin. It's absolutely a Baldwin. Now let's forget the practice. <laughs> we need to clear up Biodome. It was, it was, yeah. it was a lesser Baldwin. It was Stephen Baldwin. You're totally right. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um And William Atherton from the practice. All right, so. Listen, I'm not going to blame Sharon Stone here, but I will say that... And uh, Oopsie winner Taylor Negron. A prerequisite to win an Oopsie is for best guest. I I have to kind of like understand something about your motivation, what the character wants, something. And I have to say, Keith, that from start to finish, I was thoroughly confused by the Sharon Stone character. I'm not sure like what her motivation was. I'm not sh- really sure what the point was. I'm a little lost. I'm not blaming her, but it's hard for me to adjudicate the performance because acting is basically uh, the pursuit of one's uh, objective. Objective. Uh, mm-hmm. So if, if in in the absence of said objective, it's hard to it's hard to gauge the performance. In my opinion, in this specific opinion. Chris O'Donnell was great also. Uh, unfortunately, they were sort of... I think, actually, they sort of kneecapped his his what could have been a really great switch there because like the scoring, the, the, the direction of Eleanor and Jamie with him in every scene basically was just like flashing a red light that was like, this is the guy. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. We're leading up. He's the bad guy. So, right. What could have been an actual decent twisty twist if they hadn't laid on the sort of subtext so thick when he's like, I can convince the jury, blah, 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 blah. They could have had an actual, a legitimate twisty twist here that would have worked, I think. Could have worked, because Chris O'Donnell's great. I actually want to highlight his daughter, who is playing the conflict of all of the sort of premeditation taking place, uh, the lines that the father clearly planted, the, mm-hmm. the the confusion, the sadness, all of the this clearly a, a a tormenting scenario for her is being she's portraying without a lot of lines. I think it's and doing really well. It's a really articulated performance. So I want to shout her out and give her the oopsie. It, in an episode with Chris O'Donnell and Sharon Stone, I want to give it to the kid actor, Alyssa Gaynor. Yeah, I I mean I like that. I'm 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 glad that you gave her half of an oopsie because I think she did a she did a great job. Um. I think I'm still going to give it to Chris O'Donnell. Um, you know the the you're right about the the sort of twisty twist of it. They, I think they overplayed their hand, making him look like the bad guy, so that when the twist happened, we didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't really land the twist because like we're like no come on. Uh, so uh, but yeah, I thought he did a good job. 
So congratulations, Chris O'Donnell on your, and Alyssa Gaynor for your oopsie. Now it's time for, you killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. I'm at a, I'm, I have I have two nominees here, Keith. I'm going to let you make the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel I like Steve Harris, but he's been sort of one noted the past two episodes. Uh, he had such a firm grip of the office when Bobby was throwing it into chaos last season. Yeah, that now it seems so weird that he doesn't have control over like who they're hiring, what's happening, the shenanigans. It's very weird to me. And like I said, they've sort of currently so far he's like the the the, the disappointed dad. Uh, that I hope that we I hope he doesn't get stuck there. I think Cameron gives a great performance this week. She gives um, in figuring out the case, in in navigating the emotional politics of her client, uh, and then at the end the defiance and wanting to bring him down. I really thought it was a solid performance. I also really enjoyed. I have to say, Spader this week, though it's there's shenanigans and he's in like a different play. When they Tell him to beat beat change. You know how like every episode of Full House, weird analogy, every episode of Full House are like 90 sitcoms. It's like laughy, 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 laughy. And then the violins hit. Message. And Danny, the Danny comes in and gives the like moral message of the week, right? Right. right that right, right, right. scene this week is with Sharon Stone and Spader when he's like, okay, we have to cut off the bullshit and figure out what's going on here. That scene is awesome. And Spader is like so great in that. I want that Alan uh, always, but just like a sous-son of the other guy, right? I want to flip the dynamic. I want to flip the the, the portion control mm-hmm. of that character. Mm-hmm. So I think that scene alone and his ability to switch between the two uh, is shows his is how good he is. Now I can't blame him. Obviously, it's clearly the writing of the character and and what they're going for um and we can talk about that tonality in the in the tires but i don't want to blame him for that and i think that his performance here clearly deserves the nomination so i'm i'm torn between cameron and 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 spader yeah well i i i think it is spader i think it's danny tanner spader Mm -hmm. uh and i and i think um yeah i i think that the show is struggling tonality wise with the addition of spader right and i think that they are uh you can feel david e kelly sort of struggling against himself here because at this point ali mcbeal is canceled it's gone um and the practice has lived in this sort of like pretty dark place for a while and i can i can feel the writer in david e kelly wanting to lighten up have a little bit more fun play a little bit more comedy you know sort of split the difference between ali mcbeal and the practice here and you know and to spoiler alert it's what he's going to do next season mm-hmm. with boston legal and boston legal lives halfway between ali mcbeal and the practice and you can sort of 
see the beginnings of proto that show here, but it's kind of jarring. Um, mm-hmm. That said, while we're still in best actor, not in tires, uh, Spader is so good at at this tone. I'm not disliking his performance. His performance is great. I'm just, it's feeling very sort of like, uh, like there's something stuck in my tooth tonality wise on the yeah, show. Yeah, because two shows me, are happening. There's two shows yeah, happening two shows on top happening. of each other. Yeah, That's right. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Danny Tater, Tanner, <laughs> Christian. <laughs> no, Danny Tater is the winner. <laughs> Danny Tater is amazing. Congratulations, Danny Tater. <laughs> For Holy your shit. best. That is actor. funny. Danny Tater. Danny Tater. Danny Tater's Tater Tots. Delicious. See are they, tater. Are, is one half of it a little too hot, the other half a little too cold? <laughs> then you've got a Danny Tater. Tater Tots. By the company that brought you Gorbachev. <laughs> Do you need a moral lesson along with your tots? Danny Tater. Danny right. Tater. That's that's let's move forward. <laughs> All right. Well, you know that it's time for Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Yeah, it's two shows on top of each other. Uh and it's weird because I don't mind the mood lightning. It works when it works. It's just <laughs> the mood lightning. Mm-hmm. What? What's wrong with that? <laughs> mood lighting. <laughs> mood lightning. No, 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 no. I like that they're lightening the mood. Oh, light and ing. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, not lightning. Oh, whatever. I like. <laughs> I like the the new tone. It's just that they haven't found the balance yet, right? Like the Sharon Stone case this week is utterly nonsensical, in my opinion. I don't understand anybody's motivations. I mean, I get it. It's an old friend, so he's helping her out. But like, what are they? What is? What are they going for? What? Why is you? What's happening? What's happening? Like, last. It's funny because last week the word we used was confidence, and this week, is there a storm? We're doing some some mood lightning. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So this this felt anything but confident. It was. It was like a slapstick comedy juxtaposed with this sort of like serious murder case. And then they didn't even get their twisty twist right with, with Chris O'Donnell. It just feels like, and it's not a lack of confidence. It's what you said, I think. I think it's David E. Kelly in the writer's room trying to figure out, okay, we've got this great actor who's capable of comedy. We've got a show that's uh, clearly was was floundering in the ratings and too expensive. So now we have to try to, Maybe we have to beat, we have to course correct. So maybe we want to lean more comedy, but then yet they still fall in their old tropes of the twisty twist. Uh, but at least, uh, uh, so, and the two cases didn't work. The 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 the, the A the B case, oh, the comedy case didn't work for me. Uh, I'll just plain plain and simple. Uh, I don't mind the Chris O'Donnell case. And I'm excited about it setting up and where we're going with it and that now, and it's kind of, this is sort of new, whereas now it's like the trick is we have to get our client, although we just did it last season with Lindsay and the the delivery serial killer, where she's like, now she's got to figure out a way to get her own client caught, right? In Quick Change Magoo, the serial killer? Yeah, so the more things change, the more things kind of stay the same. We're still, last week felt so good, and this week doesn't feel as good. Some good performances... 
this feels like the Andy McDowell with Sharon Stone where it's like, here's this great actress, let's just make her be goofy, right? It's weird because I think at this part of her career, Stone is like, I don't wanna get typecast as just like sort of the sexy vixen. And then that's what she comes to do here. But like, let's just juxtapose that with like a silly slapstick comedy. Very, a lot of interesting stuff happening that didn't quite land with me. Uh, and then the Eugene is sort of, I don't know, Keith, can you tell I'm not, the taste in my mouth is not great. Last week, I think I gave it a seven something. Do you like a not great taste? Trava Johnny Tater Tater Tot. <laughs> Last week, I did a what, a seven something? Last week, you did a 7.92. Uh, so this week, I have to ding it almost an entire star. I'm going 6.61 spare tires. Ooh, off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, this. I have, I, I have two main thoughts about this episode, um, and, and I'll, I'll say what I liked first. Okay, I liked the performance of the little girl; she was great. I liked the honest beat uh, with Sharon Stone, where she admits to her schizophrenia, and we like, we like. All right, let's just enough with the nonsense. Let's actually talk about what's going on. So I I liked that beat. I like you said. I wish we had more of that. Um, but this this episode um, makes me reminds me of Ocean's Eleven, okay. right? Where you get a couple, get a bunch of big stars in a room, and they're just sort of goofing around, being big stars, like having a great time, like mm -hmm. zing zing. Look how goofy this is, and like we're it has the tonality of of like an old school uh like Bing Crosby sort of like hey we're going to do this little thing we're going to we're going to jank we're going to like we're going to going to wink at the camera a little bit we're going to have a little fun we're just going to sort of crack each other up cuz we're both famous <laughs> um, as opposed to like grounded storytelling and it's and again like on a different show mm -hmm. on Ally McBeal on Boston Legal Mm -hmm. Great. That's what that that's what it's about. It's sort of about that sort of old school chemistry, like you know, almost like they're playing it as if there's a live studio audience when there isn't. Um and uh so it's just it sort of feels that way. Um so it, it's it my issue is not with the storyline. It's it's with the tonal inconsistency. I mean, it, it really is like if this were on a different show, it'd be like, oh, how fun, how delightful. And we're going to see this a lot on Boston Legal. We saw it a lot on Alan McBeal. It's just weird. You know, and the Alan Shore character um, thus far, right? Uh, we don't really know him that well yet. But you, do you know who he reminds me of? Joey Herrick. Yeah, like if we made Joey Herrick a good guy who didn't kill people. Right. If if Joey Herrick were a lower level criminal, right? Because sure is a, also a criminal, just not a serial mm -hmm. killer. Um it has that scene chewy camera winky um That's very that's very astute. It's very super smart, super charming, very articulate, very um very good at puncturing artifice, mm -hmm. right? Both 
you know, and we talk about it like sort of breaking the fourth wall of the show, but also like he he will break down characters immediately, read people perfectly immediately, and sort of like pick them apart. And it's it's like a hyper articulate writer. I mean, it it is it is sort of like if uh you know if the writer of the episode were sort of snarky and the bad guy. So like it's it's going to be interesting because we love Joey Herrick, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Uh but it's a very strong seasoning. It's going to be interesting to see how well that mixes with the soup over the long run. It's like uh, cayenne pepper flavored uh tater tots, spader tots. Uh Danny Tater. Danny Taters, yeah. <laughs> Danny Tater spader tots. <laughs> Yeah, that's gold. That's gold. <laughs> Danny Tater Spader Tots. Mm-mm-mm. Do you want to eat like you're 10, but you're an adult now and you have an air fryer and you can just make a bucket of Danny Tater Spader Tots and eat on your couch? Market research just- has called them flavor tonality. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, I don't got it. <laughs> oh, their flavor is totally inconsistent. Yes, one half is grilled chicken. The other half is apple cin- or is a, is a, uh, like green apple Jolly Rancher. Danny Tater Tots. Ignore the last two minutes of attempted comedy. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> ignore the last two hundred episodes yeah. of attempted comedy. Uh, all right. Well, look, it's I I kind of need another bite. To really get a sense of how yeah. I'm feeling about this, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, on the whole, uh, you get a seven point two one. That's what you get. What did you give last week? I gave her an eight point one last yeah, week. Yeah, this I is definitely this is definitely less in on less sure footing. Less sure footing, you might say. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what I said. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's not what I might Folks. say. It's what I actually said. This episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by Danny Tater's Spader Tots. Danny Tater's Spader Tots. Now in tuna. (laughs) (laughs) Now in sweet tuna. Mm -mm -mm. Sounds good. If you would like to order Danny Tater's Spader Tots, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at Out of Practice on Facebook and Instagram. While you're there, uh, leave a review for Danny Tater's Spader Tots on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. We'll happily welcome you into the jury. And you know what they serve in the jury room? Danny Tater's Spader Tots. Mm-mm-mm. So good. You know what else is good? Our founding sponsors who have helped us sustain this nonsense. Jorge Navoa, Cloud Lover 69, Jennifer Massanova, Leanne Wrights, and Harry Coon. The good thing about Spader Tots is that they have no expiration date. Enjoy them now. Hell, <laughs> enjoy them, Spader. If you'd like. <laughs> you saw that coming. <laughs> no. Uh, this week, in lieu of the uh, Leaving Gus money, which you weren't going to do it anyway, let's be honest, uh, I'll leave a link to something else. Hey, guess what? You can't cook those spader tots in the microwave. They will only can only be heated with good old-fashioned laser sounds. They're crunchy on the outside and doughy and undercooked on the inside. <laughs> now laser with extra sounds. sexual harassment. <laughs>
Oh no.